Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode. I've got Dr. Bobby Maybe on this show. It's probably been four or five years since I've had him on, but him and I talk all the time. We're obviously business partners in the Chiropractic Success Academy, but today I'm having him on to really discuss a an interesting topic. We, we dive into a few different things, and I wanted to get his kind of state of the profession and where we're at, you know, the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, we're both here to make sure we try to improve it as much as we can, but you always have to discuss the realities of anything. You, you have to, you know, the first step is to, to tell the truth, and then from there you can actually design things to, to solve it. And then really the substance of this uh, episode where we really dive in and have a really long good conversation is about really bridging that chasm of associates really good young associates looking for really good uh, jobs that pay well have mentorship that are a good career boost uh, whether they want to be working for a clinic forever or at some point maybe want to grow into a ownership role uh, but then we also dive into what the owners need to be doing to have a good path for that young doctor. It, it's definitely the elephant in the room, and we're not going to solve it in one hour-long podcast, but I thought we dove into a lot of different topics of it. And, and one of the things I always appreciate with having a conversation with Bobby is, is you know, you're going to hear the truth, and that's great, and, and we're going to dive into certain topics, and uh, we have a good conversation about what probably needs to happen. And so I'm actually excited about the people like Bobby and others that I know that are, are working on this and tackling this. I know for me, I'm trying to get chiropractors to flourish through smart marketing and business so that there is more money, uh, right? There is more margin, and so owners of practices can do good, make good living, can afford good doctors, uh, good doctors working for owners can get paid what they deserve. And so that's one of my ov overarching goals. And, and Bobby and I discussed some of that. And so here's my longer than usual, but much needed conversation with Dr. Bobby Maybe. Before we get to the episode, I want to tell you about my friend and colleague, Dr. Holly Tucker of ChiroNumbers.com. Have you been in practice a few years now and you're wondering when your business will start to reward you financially? Are you so overwhelmed with the day-to-day -day business management that it is hard to see your success? Or are you trying to expand your team and worried about the impact to the bottom line? Dr. Holly is a certified profit-first professional and a chiropractor herself who has managed multiple practices over the past 10 years and consults specifically on implementing the cash flow system of Profit first for chiropractors. Simplify the way you look at stats, metrics, and your own compensation through this methodology by working with someone with unique experience in your business model. Visit bit.ly bit.ly slash chiro numbers to get your guide and video training. Download the first two chapters of Profit First and subscribe to her weekly five minute Friday series on profitability. Start to feel less overwhelmed, avoid burnout, and clean up your finances so you can focus on patient care. Again, that's bit.ly slash Cairo numbers for access to Dr. Holly's resources. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. All right. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Uh, it's It's been a little bit since we've had a podcast together, I think. I remember the first time I had you on was probably five years ago, and it was... Uh, definitely one of the most popular and it was fun. So we're back at it. Obviously you and I talk all the time being partners in the chiropractic success Academy. So good to have you on. How are you? What's going on? What's new? Yeah, great. I've heard a lot of great things about this podcast. So it's an honor to be on. You crushed my punchline by saying we've done this before. <laughs> um, yeah. I think five years ago I had more of a mouth on me. So I don't know if this one will be as fun as the first one, but I'll try. We'll try. You know, I'm I'm excited to to dive into a couple things because there's a, a lot going on, for sure in 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 the profession. But you always kind of have your you know your pulse uh, figured out on what's going on. Almost, I feel like a 
ahead of time in the profession. Uh, what, where, where are you at now? What are you thinking? What's, what's the current events of, of our lovely profession? It's kind of in a, I guess you would call it a state of stasis, right? Like everyone is halfway recovering from uh, certain public health crises that have mm. plagued the, uh, the worldwide economy. And then there's a sort of precipice of recession or not recession that mm-hmm. people who own practices and run businesses are going to have to navigate through. Yeah. Uh, and then at the same time, the, the world is changing, like the, how people look at things in the world and how people reason. And uh, so I don't, I, I might even be the most honest saying I have no freaking idea what's going to happen. <laughs> I think there are some people that are trying to just plow through and do what they've always done. Mm-hmm. That includes the leaders and the regulators and the legislators, and they're trying to progress as they can. And then there are other people on the sidelines that are trying to observe the macro situations and then uh, adapt to the situations that come up, which kind of that that's kind of more your pace and my pace is to sort of uh, be be water, right? Mm -hmm. To to be a little bit more liquid and, and kind of not reactionary, but look at what's going on in the world and then take some sort of action instead of waiting for the wave to hit us from behind. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it struggles because we, it wasn't that long ago we went through so much, right. You know, obviously back when I know guys of our age, we went through 08 and that was obviously challenging, but it really, once it was over, it kind of slowly kept on getting better. Uh, yeah. what, what's tricky about this one is we got punched in the face in 2020 and then things seem to be getting pretty good. A lot of people were flush with cash from a uh, good old uncle Sam. Uh, but now it's like uh, on ease again. It's almost like you let your guard down a little bit and you're like, oh, okay, I got to revisit uh, some of these strategies to to work through potentially yeah. difficult times. So uh, if I you want to use fighting metaphors, 2008 mm-hmm. was getting punched in the face. You yes. got you got punched by a haymaker once and then you could respond. You could either run away or you could fight back. Yeah. This current environment is more like a jujitsu battle where every time a move is made on you and you counter it, another move shows up. <laughs> There's always something to respond to. So it's not just one punch and done. Like mm-hmm. we're just getting punched over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. But despite all that, mm-hmm. like people are still thriving. And there's still plenty of good to go on. So it's not like it's negative. There's just, there's always going to be nonsense. It just seems like the nonsense is coming in very rapid waves over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, just like I remember back when everything was happening in in 2020, I definitely had podcast episodes about it. And, and then I got a certain point like, all right, let's, let's kind of move on from that. And, And I would say this last month or so, we've definitely had good conversations around it, whether bringing on financial people to talk about the financial side of things, or I had a solo episode where I just talked about how I'm going to really try to kind of push through it in the right way. You know, I'm not going to try to outspend it, but yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to try to really focus on those leading indicators and, and do as much as possible. And, and I, I think it's just worth conversations to have uh, to try to work through it. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely not doom and gloom on it. I just think there's things you have to be aware of. And, and I wanted to have those conversations with people that have experience, uh, either been through it or, uh, have some kind of skill set that can help people get through it as well. And so that's why I wanted to just kind of see what your, your thoughts were on the, the state of everything. This is when people get rich, right? Like life changing, filthy, yeah. stinking rich is when there's blood in the water and mm-hmm. it's like, when everyone else is in fear and you're taking positive action and moving forward and shoring up your base and strengthening your business and creating your own little marketplace, this is when you really, really win if you can keep your head above the water and actually focus. If you quit, uh, if you chicken out, if you stop fighting, uh, if you stop working, yeah, the, the whole thing leaves you behind. And then you're, you know, you're at the bar throwing back drinks like I could have been a contender. I could have, I could have been a successful chiropractor, but whatever. It's just a tough racket, you know, just a tough racket. The the economy totally screwed me over. No, Mm. you, there's plenty of opportunity out there. If you talk to the right people, if you um, uh, um, uh, network and uh, what, what do they even call that thing? Uh, uh, What do you, what are you doing out there? 
the modern chiropractic marketing mastermind. Like if oh, you yeah. mastermind with the right people. We just got off that weekend I, and I survived. So that was good. <laughs> if you do that sort of stuff, yeah. then you have a chance. If you go and hide in a hole, you know, there's, there's plenty of wage jobs out there. Yeah. And as we, like I always say, the, really the only reason I was able to buy my office real estate in 2013 was because it had gone down and it hadn't gotten all the way back up yet. Yeah. And so I was able to get it, uh, for, for at the time, um, you know, it was very, very reasonable. Uh, and, and it's kind of ironic it now I, I wouldn't be able to afford to buy it if I had to buy it now, even though my right. finances are way better now than they were then, uh, I just wouldn't be able to buy it now. And so on the other side of this, there, there definitely is something, uh, good. And, and I wanted to kind of segue, we're going to, the meat and potatoes of this is going to be a little bit of a different topic for sure. And before yeah. we get to that exact one, um, you know, there's, there's always that dialogue and there's that question of, you know, uh, did it, would I tell my, you know, kid or my buddy's kid to go to chiropractic school? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I know that was uh dialogued out a few weeks ago on that. And, and I know we both have thoughts on it. Uh, what, what are you, what are some of your just, um, initial thoughts on that? Well, it's funny because someone actually asked that the other day in a chat boardroom that I'm, I'm in. It's like a bunch of old military friends, and I guess you would call it like a preppers group, but it's not mm -hmm. conspiracy theory, QAnon type stuff. It's mm -hmm. like people who actually prepare and garden and uh, prepare food and things. It's pretty Sus practical. Sustainable. <laughs> yeah, sustainable living group, but they call themselves preppers. Mm -hmm. Um and one of the younger people in the group said, I'm, I'm trying to decide between chiropractic school and veterinary school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, practically speaking, which one would have applicable skills in the future if there was uh, economic downturn or collapse or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. And I had to think because people are like, well, Bobby's a chiropractor. He'll give you the answer. And it's I had to think about it. Would I mm -hmm. say yes or no? I would say chiropractic is personally one of the more fulfilling careers i think you could ever have because you get the ability to help people connect with people um, it's it's really self-fulfilling because you create solutions for people mm -hmm. uh, so all that stuff's awesome however the amount of money it costs for what you get is not working out right now yeah and i think there's a real large disconnect there between the systems at play when it comes to education and licensing and all those sort of things. And I know there's a lot of different explanations for why things are the way they are as far mm -hmm. as how much it costs to take a board exam, how much it costs to educate somebody to be a chiropractor. Like there's a lot that goes to play. It's not just like a big conspiracy theory that mm -hmm. people are trying to make as much money as possible, but the system is broken on some sort of level in regards to how much it costs to be educated in this profession mm -hmm. and what you can expect to return uh, for that education. Like they're, they're lying to people the, the no one, no one's, you, you would never have a successful chiropractic college. If you, if they sat all the prospective students down and said, look, can you make good money in this profession? Yes. If you are an entrepreneur minded person, you own your own practice, you're able to scale efficiently, or you're able to be creative in some sort of manner to create a niche for yourself. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest. If you think you're coming into this profession and earning some sort of wage, and that you're going to, uh, you know, be keeping up with, you know, your attorney and physician friends and all that, mm -hmm. you've got another thing coming. Yeah. Yeah. Now, everyone's got a different definition for what's an appropriate amount to be paid or what's a lot of money or whatever. But let's just be general and say, if you're an employee in this profession, you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. And a school will never tell them that because they need the tuition money to keep their own thing afloat. So they'd rather lie to them. And it's not an overt lie. So I don't. I mean, look, I don't care if the schools don't like me. <laughs> All right. They're, they're pulling some BS on the prospective students on some level. It's a, it's a, what would you call it? A gentle lie, a, a polite lie, a wink and a nod type of lie, right? Like they're not overtly fraudulent, tricking people mm -hmm. into coming into the profession. But that financial dichotomy there of how much it costs to be educated 
in this profession. If you are not, if, if I don't see a young person that has the hunger to become an entrepreneur and live that entrepreneur lifestyle, I wouldn't recommend this profession. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we have an increased amount of people who want a wage coming yeah. into the profession. Yeah. Like who's going to hire me? I want to work for a hospital. I want to work for a system that's just going to pay me and give me benefits. It still doesn't exist. And on that level, that's why I think the profession might actually be dying to some degree. Yeah. It's, there are definitely some opportunities coming, but it's not coming. It's not meeting the the demand as far as, you know, like some of the hospital groups that are employing, I've had some, some of them on the podcast, obviously the VA, there's certain things. Yeah, like sure. That. Um, Those exist and they're awesome yeah. opportunities and they're great for the patients they serve mm -hmm. and they're great for the people who work there, but there aren't enough of them. Yeah. When we were students, the mm -hmm. VA internship opportunities mm -hmm. there would be like what one or two students would get the opportunity right yeah. out of a class of 200 or whatever mm -hmm. a class of 100 mm -hmm. and it wasn't you and it wasn't me yeah. it was always some sort of not a political hire but it was they'd always pick a kid who just wouldn't screw it up they wouldn't mm -hmm. pick the brightest clinical mind they wouldn't pick the brightest uh, research mind or mm -hmm. they would just pick a random kid that just wouldn't screw it up <laughs> and that's not unless you're providing those type of opportunities to i don't know you can make up a percent 50 percent of the graduates yeah 30 percent. i don't know 60 percent. then it's not a reality to talk about yeah there's hospital positions available and yes there are va system positions available but not for all of us not for most of us and not for you and not for me and yeah, it's that until that happens, you can't talk about it. It's tricky, you know, because you, you hear it from the undergrad as well, right? Like all these people getting degrees that aren't going to really translate into the economy, right? Like they're getting the philosophy degrees and sure stuff like that. Obviously, if they get a STEM degree, they're going to have a certain level of basement that's really nice. The ceiling might not be that high. And I think the, I remember being in Germany and I think you've been there before. I, I was there in 2015 and, and they've got quite a, process of, you know, some kids go to trade school, some go to higher education. They're, they're really, sure. they're very objective about it. And I almost feel like we need to be, have some kind of objectivity to it and say, you know, like you said, are you entrepreneur minded? Are you, do you have this high level of grit? Are you a go getter? Are you an extrovert? Do you love just talking to people? That type of stuff, you know, really could gear you towards any type of thing that's kind of entrepreneurial. Uh, or are you super introverted or you just really want to clock in and clock out and, and do a good job and, and, you know, be, be very reliable and all that, you know, like think about the difference of say a neurosurgeon and a chiropractor as far as success, like that neurosurgeon sure. literally doesn't have to have a personality whatsoever and can be odd and not do a, a lick of any marketing or anything business wise and make a million dollars a year. <clears throat> yeah. And so that, that type of stuff. Uh, there are professions that exist like that, but overall, a lot of them, you know, the, the, the top 5% of chiropractors would probably be the top 5% of attorneys would probably be the top 5% of uh, a lot of other, you know, insurance agents or wealth managers, you, you know, it, it's right. always, it's always fascinating when I go to strategic coach, cause it's all kinds of different, um, business people, entrepreneurs, all different trades and fields. And, you know, typically we all kind of have the same, uh, I don't want to call it personality, but very similar, uh, you know, put us into these different categories. And they obviously they do the Colby index on all of us and do that. Um, we're kind of wired a little bit differently. And so uh, I do think that has to be taken into consideration a little bit. Yeah. I think it's a macro problem with American education and yes, uh, you, you know, for our foreign listeners, obviously the chiropractic educational system is different in different countries. Mm -hmm. But let's be honest here, America still has mo most of the chiropractors mm -hmm. and most of them are educated in America and American educational system, collegiate educational system is, uh, I mean, tell me, find me someone who doesn't think it's broken on some level. Mm -hmm. yep. And, um, you know, they need bodies in all these schools, regardless of the program. Yep. So, yeah, you're going to get an uh, overabundance of under underwater basket weaving and mm -hmm all that, but the things that are desirable for programs, medicine, osteopathy, uh, physician's assistant, things of that nature, they have wait lists. Yeah. And 
if we don't want to be honest about it, someone's going to have to say it. And I'm usually not afraid to say it. There are plenty of people if they, they'll never be honest about it, but plenty of people have chosen this profession because they can call themselves a doctor, but not have to work as hard to get it. And there's no wait list. Yep. And there's no entrance exam either, right? There's no entrance exam. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't produce great products, uh, that we don't do great care for the community and all that mm -hmm. stuff. But some people wanted the, the, the shingle mm -hmm. without the blood, sweat and tears it takes to get the shingle. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I, I always share that meme whenever this uh, topic is brought up on a Facebook group or some, I use this meme for other things too, but it's just one of my favorite all time ones. And Becky might have to bleep this out or not, but it's just, it's the guy who's standing in his yard looking over at the other yard and the grass is greener. And it basically says is the grass may be greener on the other side. Cause you're not over there fucking it up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, just, I just love that meme. And, and so a lot of times, uh, you know, you'll look at the, the grass being greener, but you, on the other side there, but you got to really take care of your own. And, and again, there's definitely issues and there's obstacles and all that. Uh, but the grass isn't always greener on the other side too. Cause I've got some friends, I got a, uh, a, a buddy that we go out to dinner with my wife and, and his wife and the four of us go out and he's an orthopedic surgeon. He's probably 36, 37 now making great money, but we've been out, I think we've been out four or five times on a Friday night and he can't drink sure. because, because he's on call and that's like a regular thing. And, and the guy's probably working 80 hours a week and, I mean, it's just nonstop, right? And a lot of chiropractors just would never sign up for that, right? They just wouldn't. That's absolutely right. And they don't see these other professions in what it takes or what the requirements are, right? It's like, could you imagine being, it's 2 a.m. on a Tuesday night and you get called in to deliver a baby, right? Like right. how many chiropractors, I mean- not all, some would, but how many people want that type of responsibility of having to wake up at two in the morning to go scrub in on a, you know, potential on a, you know, emergency C-section or something, right? Like a lot of stuff. So you, you got to look at from all angles, like we've got a lot of positives in our profession and some of those ones you think have are amazing, have a lot of negatives and we've all right. talked to those people and they've got similar complaints, right? Yeah, I have a, a good friend who's a hospitalist. So, you know, whenever somebody's admitted into the hospital, he's basically whatever, keeping their plumbing going and keeping them alive and making sure they don't die after a surgery or after an admission. And it's just a different world. And I think a lot of chiropractors kind of silo themselves off. Yeah. Well, one, no, that that's not completely fair. A lot of chiros get siloed off. Mm -hmm. Like, Like there's not a lot of commiseration between physicians and chiros. And we're not even at that level of like the Mercedes eighties where we were all in the same golf club anymore. Right. Like where are all the golf club memberships, mm -hmm. things yep. of that nature. Yep. Um, so you, there's not a lot of conversation with a physician about what their lives are like. Mm -hmm. I always ask Kairos all the time when they do that whole, like we got educated more than MDs. They put that meme up or, yeah. you know, we're doctors too. And yeah, it, you know, my license says chiropractic physician on it but it's not a medical physician. It's different. Mm -hmm. And I, I asked them like, how many times have you actually either shadowed a physician and see what they do every single day, or you talk with one and find out what their challenges and problems are. It's a completely different world. That's like, we've just already said is good and bad, but you know, the ability to walk away at the end of the day, more or less, I mean, when you own a practice, you don't completely walk away, mm -hmm. but not to be on call, not to have the overbearing stress, always, always an overbearing stress. Did that move I made today mm -hmm. uh, result in a positive or negative effect on the patient's life? We're generally confident that we're going to have either a positive or no effect, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it's pretty rare to have a negative. It's still pretty rare to have a negative effect mm -hmm. unless, unless you're just not paying attention, unless you're just totally negligent. Yeah. But I mean, just to have, just to function normally, just to go in and do a good job as a physician, you still have to worry, even if I did a good job, did, did something bad happen to the patient? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they live with that overbearing stress and they do it 70 hours, 80 hours a week. Non and they don't even own the, they don't even own the business. Yeah. That's the other thing is a lot of them don't either. 
And, you know, we got half days typically. I know most chiropractors got at least one, if not two half days during a week. That's pretty nice. So yeah, we party. We got time to do TikToks and we got time to <laughs> go dancing and have all kinds of fun. Raise so kids and actually be there and see I, the kids I, I, grow up. That's a hundred percent, right? Like, and so I, and I think what's challenging right now is obviously there is this inflation thing. I mean, just shit's expensive. I mean, there's just, oh yeah, there's no way around it. And so that's, I think, causing this little pressure cooker that we've got going on. And so with all that being said, let's kind of segue because I know you and, and we just did get off our mastermind and there's people in there that are having this dialogue as well. One of the things that Brett Winchester said this weekend, which I liked was, um, his associates, they have a path to get to a hundred thousand year income within three years. And if they don't like, cause he's, and he's pumping them new patients and feeding them and training, they got the whole thing set up. And if they don't, then it's time to get off boarded essentially. That's right. That's right. And, and so he's providing, uh, and, and, and his docs are doing it. And his, so he's providing that path to a hundred, right. Which I, I kind of liked, I, I thought that was well planned out and, and, you know, you are really kind of spearheading, um, this problem where there's the mismatch of, we have a lot of good young doctors looking for good, fair paying careers from a owning chiropractor. And then we have a lot of owning chiropractors that either really can't afford it or, they could, if they tried pigeonholing it. And so sometimes they make these weird deal, like weird conversation right. structures, right? or there's just some that making plenty of money and they, they have that old school mentality of like, well, you got to, you know, see 500 people a week to make $90,000 a year type of thing. So with that disconnect being there, speak to that a little bit and in, in what you and FTCA are, are working on to try to help really uh, solve this, this monster that's out there. Okay. So yeah, we call it the bridge project. So we're building a bridge between owners and associates more or less. I mean, it's also a bridge for, uh, commercial real estate owners and true independent contractors, not the fake scam <laughs> independent contractors that are really employees mm -hmm. that uh, owners are just trying to get out on payroll taxes on. And also internships and externships or preceptors and postceptors and all that. So mm -hmm. uh, this is now keep in mind, there are plenty of job matching companies out there. Yeah. The, the, there's no, the, there are a few uh, and there's classified ads everywhere. This is for the FTCA community. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're really trying to keep it as an in-community project to help people who are members of our community that, that agree with the tenants we agree with when it comes to um, evidence-informed care, the importance of active care, the importance of ethics and and morality and purpose in what you do as a chiropractor. So what we're doing in this bridge project is we're taking those, what we used to have was the classifieds. And you, mm. classifieds are like any other classified. What is on the paper and the words and the text and the copy is not always what is true in the job itself when that applicant shows up and the doc said evidence-based and they weren't mm -hmm. or doc says we're going to pay you this much and they don't or doc says there's opportunities for growth and there isn't or as we all know there's plenty of owners that have this sort of emotional there's emotional roadblocks that come with ownership where they just can't give it up mm -hmm. they can't empower their associates they refuse to they're afraid of you know, there's fear-based actions like ridiculous non-competes that are not enforceable mm. or uh, uh, subconscious sabotage of the associate. Now that goes both ways, but we'll get there in a second. So what we're, we're first going to do is if anybody wants to, to advertise their practice or their position available, we want to vet them to make sure it's actually a place where we would want young chiropractors to work. So the first step here is stop letting crappy owners hire good people mm -hmm. uh, 
what we consider crappy or not, of course, is sort of subjective, but we got to come up with some sort of metrics along the way, and then we'll work it out as we go. As you and I know with our Colby scores, I'm a quick starter. So it's like, let's get the program started and we'll figure it out as we go, as we get feedback. Next is the other problem. For all the owners out there, I'm not (laughs) (laughs) anti-owner. There is a problem with the product that is being produced by the chiropractic colleges Mm-hmm. This goes back to the earlier part of our conversation here is the chiropractic colleges have their own agenda, fill the seats, get that student loan money pumping, get these kids to pass their boards and get them the hell out of our school mm-hmm. within the relative time so we don't get punished by the CCE for hanging on to them for too long. So you pump out students who are now graduates who have these unreal expectations of what the marketplace is like, what it takes to be a successful chiropractor, what Mm -hmm. skills you actually need to comprehend and and own. Uh, There's a little bit of an overemphasis on the alphabet soup of how many certifications you might need versus how to actually deploy that in an effective manner that will actually get you paid out in public. Um, We've said this, this was your joke. Do you want to sign the front of the check? Or the back of the check. Which mm-hmm. person do you want to be? The owner who want, who signs the front of the checks? Or do you just want to sign the back of the check and go home at the end of the day? There are different qualities that you need to understand if you're going to be one of those or the other. Are you going to have mm-hmm. an ownership mindset? So Brett Winchester has Dr. Taylor Premer, right? Mm-hmm. Ownership mindset individual. He's not signing the back of checks. He's He wants to sign the front of them. He wants mm-hmm. to be an owner. And then there's other folks that are like, just I just wish the VA would hire me or my local hospital and I can go to work and then go home. Those individuals, the graduates, the candidates, they need a different set of education to prepare them for what it takes to be a good employee or a good employee with an ownership trajectory. Mm-hmm. So the bridge here goes both ways because that's what bridges do, right? Mm-hmm. We want to connect the owners to the candidates and let the owners know you've got to behave a certain way to receive a good candidate. And then with the candidates, look, you need to behave a certain way to be a good employee mm-hmm. for these owners. And then hopefully connect both of those folks with quality going both directions. All right, Docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors. And you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel MCM. That is bit.ly bit.ly propel MCM modern chiropractic marketing, right? And so check out that link. And we're going to have you go over five SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Hey, Doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfields Chiropractic Office Design is here to elevate you wherever you're at, and they're going to help maximize your space and flow. They're going to really help attract and retain patients, and this is going to have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out Chiropractic office designs by Crossfields. And we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. And that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. And with that, you're going to have discounts. We're going to have direct links to a mega bundle of free resources. And you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five phase checklist for a startup office, five point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image And there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. Yeah, and I want to speak from the young doc uh, perspective here for a second because, yeah, you know, when you get out of student clinic, you if you treated eight people in a day, you might be kind of tired, you know? 
Yeah. And, and so they come into the real world and <clears throat> the finances are, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be seeing patients, right? Clinics that can afford to hire, um, ultimately need to see a pretty good volume and build a system around that. Like good owners have built a system where they can see 30, 35, 40 people. And then you need to be able to come in and get clinically efficient and be able to see a certain amount of patients in a week or in a month that really allows for there to be the revenue and profit margin for you to then get paid what you, you want. Uh, I'm hearing too many want, you know, they want to come out, make an 80, which is fine. They want to come out, make an 80, but they, they get overworked at seeing 40 in a week. Right. Yeah. And then they revert to this kind of work-life balance thing. And, you know, my notes are piling up and all this is happening. And that's, again, I don't blame them fully. They're, they're just not getting that real world experience in, in school, which is just a reality of school in general, right? Like if you graduated with a master's in engineering, it doesn't turn you into a great engineer day right. one. And so um, there has to be this learning curve and understand that. And you got to get that clinical efficiency going and understand the math of how you are providing value. And you need to go into it it with an ownership mentality, even if you're just going to, to be an associate and you want to do that for good. Uh, I think there's one of two things that can happen there. If you go and you work for that clinic for three or five years and you take complete ownership mentality and you're getting out there and you're drumming up business and you're getting new patients from the clinic and you're doing a great job of patient adherence with that. And you're getting referrals from there and you're treating it like it's your practice. You either continue down that path with that practice and you thrive, or maybe at some point, you know, down the road, you open up your own, at least when you open up your own practice, it's not the first time you will have done all this, right? Because you right. did it already at a practice. And so you've got your sea legs under you when you do go and open up your own and you know what it takes. And so you hit the ground running and within a year or so you're paying your bills and you're paying yourself a little bit. And then after three years, you're like, Oh, okay, this is a nice life, you know? And I think that's where the mentality has to be shifted a little bit is that it's really hard for the owners to make enough in their own practice to pay everybody, pay what, you know, their support staff to pay what they want to pay for themselves and pay an associate. And so they're putting it out on a limb a little bit as well, uh, to do that. And, and hopefully they're providing a good opportunity. And so you got to come into that understanding that, there is a lot of math that goes into this. Well, that's what I was going to say from the beginning. It's a math equation. The whole thing is math. Yes. Speak to that for a minute. Well, you know, the, the math equation is quite simple. It's, it starts with what do, you, what do you want? What do you think you're worth? So if a candidate comes in, an associate, and they say, I want to make 80 grand a year starting out. Okay. So that's the, that's the, the sum, right? Yeah. So what goes into the front of the equation? How much labor you have to put into it or how much you have to produce? And how much we charge or how much is being charged. And so if you don't want to put the labor in, or you don't want to work for it, and you uh, aren't comfortable charging for what you do, uh, you know, like in an associate standpoint, that would be um, making care recommendations, right? Yeah. So you usually don't have direct control of the prices themselves. Mm -hmm. But if you're sort of sheepish on actually recommending what somebody actually needs, like if they actually need X number of visits, six, and then you say, you know, I'll see you three times because mm -hmm. you were sheepish, then now the equation never really adds up to 80. Yeah. And if it if it never adds up to what you want, then you should never get it. And mm -hmm. in retrospect, so people say, well, I'm working hard. I'm working the employer system, but I'm still not getting paid what I'm paid. So that must mean that they're ripping me off. Yeah. Like I deserve more of this equation. But you don't have any risk in the game. You don't have any. You don't have any skin in it other than your own employment. Yeah. Uh, this this th those clinic owners don't actually. You know, you might say, well, they take fifty percent of all the stuff I do. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're putting fifty percent in their pocket. They still have to pay like the extra mm -hmm. labor, the extra services, whatever benefits you have. But you and me can talk about uh, payroll taxes. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I. I don't know how many times the payroll tax company processes me, my life, but I've lost blood, sweat, and tears over how much payroll 
just like all of my labor just disappear all my sweat equity disappears into payroll taxes mm -hmm. like a huge chunk of that so like these owners if they're quote unquote profiting off of you the mm -hmm. associate it could vary 20 percent 30 percent maybe yeah. even if they're so that's not proper to this equation the the, the equation if you want to keep it the simplest is where do you want to go aka mm -hmm. what are you worth what are you willing to put into it and how much are you going to charge for it yeah. And you got to realize too, like sometimes that practice was built on the owner recommending care plans of, you know, 10 or 12 visits, which is reasonable. If you look at the evidence-based guidelines of frequency and treatment, you know, that's a, that's a reasonable amount of visits. And you, you know, that doctor is used to looking at that patient and I, I need to see you two times a week for the next four weeks and we'll reevaluate. And those, a lot of those patients adhere to that. They, you know, they trust that doctor, they get results they get past the point of just fixing the pain and also fix some function. And then a lot of the younger docs come in and, and a lot of older docs do this as well. So I'm not saying this is a younger doc, sure. thing, but, but they come in and they won't give a treatment plan. And so now every new patient that the owner doctor sees has, you know, an adherence of, you know, 70% and on average comes in for 10 or 12 visits. And then every new patient that the, is given to the associate is coming in five times. Like that's basically the owner just giving away money to the ether, right. right? Like it's burning it basically because you're not sitting down, getting comfortable with having conversations with the patient on, on a care plan that's reasonable and, th and that type of stuff. And so uh, I see that being something as well. So I think there's just a lot, there's just so many variables that I'm sure you guys are going to be kind of touching on. Like if you're having dialogue with the young doc, these are some of the things to expect and to work on and improve. It's not just about your manipulation skill or your you know rehab skill. A lot of young chiros, especially on the evidence-informed side, they want to be right. Mm -hmm. They see what's wrong in the world and they want to be right. It's just mm -hmm. sort of this cultural milieu that we live in right now. Yeah. There are people that want to be right. And, and another engine of that in the chiropractic world is they want to be accepted and respected, these young chiros. So they want to be as factual and accurate as they possibly can. Mm. That That's admirable. But there also has to be a little bit of flexibility when you operate a system. So yes, there you might be in a practice that recommends 12 initial visits as a care plan. Mm. And ethically, you're saying, well, most of these people only need six. Okay. However, sometimes you just got to work the system that's in play and then adjusts will all it kind of like, I guess the best way to say is it works out in, in, in the wash in the end. Mm. Like you're not, it's not stealing. It's uh, that's what people like. I, I don't want to be labeled as a crook because there are a lot of crooks out there. Yeah. Well, this isn't crookery. This is just developing a system that seems to work the best for most people because you have to scale it for a larger amount of people yeah. based on experience. And a lot of docs will be like, in my experience, Yes, they might need six. And in my expertise, they probably do need six. But what we found is like 40% of them sort of backslide a little bit and they need 12. Mm -hmm. So in order to cover all of them, we just recommend 12. Yeah. Somebody might show up and they might have tremendous progress really quick. And you know what? Cut them, mm -hmm. cut them out sooner. It's and, not and like you're hanging on to them. Like, well, oh, no, you're you're 100% better. There's no need for care. Let's yeah. just keep you coming back for six more visits. Yeah. Then you're a scumbag. And so that's, that's the, not the conversation we're having here. No, exactly. That's the point is like, sometimes you, if you, if you don't give them the, the potential, you know, frequency and duration of what it is, then they get really disappointed if they're not better in four visits. Yes. If, if, if it's seven visits and they're just killing it and they're doing all their at home exercises and you actually correct some function and you know, you can trust them to continue with it. And you don't think it's going to come back in three weeks. That's when you do your reeval and you discharge them. All right, congratulations. Maybe we'll do some performance care if you're, you know, you're you're play tennis three times a week. Come in once a month, put out some fires or whatever. So it's not like a blanket cookie cutter thing. It's just like you got to give guidelines that to most of the patients. And there's always going to be some complicating factors, or you know, it's it's definitely not that. But I think you have to be uh, from that newer doc standpoint, understand where that's coming from. It's managing um, expectations before they happen. If you can manage the expectation before it happens, mm -hmm. you'll have a better relationship with the patient than if you have to put out the fire or 
come up with some sort of explanation later for why they're not getting bet blah 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 later on yeah. it's worse uh i mean i don't even look at yelp anymore but <laughs> I, like is yelp even a thing i don't know but so like google reviews what what review are you most likely to see that's negative mm -hmm. a my chiropractor saw me too many times like i could have been out of there two visits earlier but they mm -hmm. saw me for two more to make sure that i was still doing okay and functioning properly mm -hmm. a or b i didn't get any benefit i went four times and i didn't get any better that chiropractic doesn't do anything yep yep and that it's was b. all the time it's b and, and you just hit it in the head is like if you don't like if you tell that patient like oh yeah we should be able to get you better in a couple of weeks and you know and there that's your ego man that's just your <laughs> ego it is. And they're running, you know, 30 miles a, a week. And all of a sudden after the two weeks, they're only 25% better. They're going to be upset. Like they, you kind of, they, they're disappointed. It's like, Oh, I thought it was gonna be better in four visits or, or, or whatever. But yeah, look, Stu McGill will, I don't, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. There, no, but good. Stu McGill would say you need a certain number of hours with the patient to really get to figure out what's going on with them. And I, I think it's three. I don't remember. So what are you going to do? One three-hour visit and really figure out what's getting on with them? Or is it going to take three or four visits? Then you start to understand these things. Oh, man, they're recovering really slow because they do run 30 hours, even though mm -hmm. we told them to manage their mileage. Or man, they're going out and they're still doing uh, you know, dynamic lifts, Olympic weightlifting. We said, like, let's do some some more basic movements, some foundational movements before we start loading real heavy. Mm -hmm. Or, oh man, I didn't even know that they're diabetics. They didn't put it on their records yeah. and it didn't come up until like five conversations later. Now I have a reason why to explain why they're recovering slowly. Like it takes time to figure out these people. If you actually cared about patients in a patient centric manner, mm -hmm. you would want to spend time with them. Yep. You don't get all that time all at once. Some people mm -hmm. try to, and then they don't charge enough for it. Yep. They'll do a one hour new patient exam they'll think in their minds they're worth $500 an hour and that's what they should get paid. And then they'll charge $75 for the one hour that they just spent. Yep. So you don't, you have to spend the time with the patients. We can all agree on that, but it mm -hmm. doesn't have to be all time at once. And it does take time to figure out what is driving some of these folks. If you want to make the deep connection yep. and we always want to over promise. Mm -hmm. Wait, what is it? Is it it's over it's under promise and over deliver, right? Yes. Yeah. So you can under promise and say, man, this can take 12 visits and then you get them better in 10. And then at the last visit, you're like, wow, you know, we had you at 12. We're letting you go at 10. This is great. Go tell your friends, whatever your thing is, whatever your shtick is. Yeah, no, I love it. That's perfect. And then I think, you know, talking about the owners out there is, you know, and, and I'm in this boat is like, you really got to figure out a path, a reasonable path. For that yeah. chiropractor to make good money. And, and, you know, the hundred K thing is just a nice number to say a uh, hundred K in San Francisco. Isn't that great? hundred K in, you know, North Dakota is probably great. Yeah. Um, so you got to figure out what that actual number is based on where you're at. So I, I'm not going to give an exact number uh, of, of what it is, but is there's a really good path and it's reasonable and it's not fully, you know, eat what you kill type of thing. And the clinic is in demand of needing a doctor because it has new patients to give and things like that. Then that has to be what's happening. And that's why, you know, for me, one of my just, you know, overarching goals with MCM is to get owner doctors to be making really good freaking money. Right. Um, yeah. That's, that's a good thing um, because it obviously benefits their life and their family's life, but then it allows to provide a really good job and path. And obviously if you mix in mentorship with that, you've now provided a really good experience for a great young chiropractor, that great young chiropractor will pay back in spades. And then that's how uh, the system works. And that's obviously what you're trying to kind of marry there with uh, the bridge. Well, one of your Holy grails with MCM has been to, figure out this equation when is the proper time that you need to that you uh can hire somebody mm -hmm. like what are all the metrics that need to be in place for you to say it's go time let's hire an associate yep. and i hope you do accomplish that holy grail for sure we're Even trying before. we're trying um and i know you are too and putting on great uh educational events whether it's online or offline um i know you're you're probably really excited to get this 
New Orleans won going this year. Last year was kind of a weird time where New Orleans was shut down. And then yeah. I think they got, didn't they get hit by a uh, tornado or a hurricane or something? Uh, they had a hurricane as well. Yeah. So yeah. right at the weekend, we would have had our event. There was a hurricane. Yeah. Um, yeah. And COVID. So, and COVID. So now all those things, uh, hopefully we can move on from. Talk to us a little bit. We got FTCA in New Orleans. That sounds exciting. Well, it's ambitious. So people will need to want to travel. Yep. Uh, we usually have our events adjacent to a chiropractic college. Uh, this is not one of those. This is actually a, you know, this was a bleed over from last year. It was going to be a chiropractic success academy event, a mm -hmm. retreat. So it sort of morphed into this annual event for the FTCA. Uh, you're going to have to want to have some sort of breakthrough. Now, anyone can have a breakthrough, whether you're successful or not. I'm sure your mastermind group can prove that, that breakthroughs are available for anyone who's looking for one. Mm -hmm. We're trying to specifically design breakthroughs for attendees. So when you show up, I, I always try to do the events a little different because you can go to great events like the Flo the Florida event. You can go to a Parker seminars. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to many of these events and they're similar in nature and they're great. So why recreate that wheel? Why not try to do something a little different? So I don't want completely didactic events. Mm -hmm. I also don't want the tent revival. So no one's going to be doing incantations and, <laughs> you know, holding hands and doing the whole kumbaya thing, but we want some sort of non-didactic breakthrough type of situation. So in the Chiropractic Success Academy, we invented the CSA circle. It's, there's seven steps on our path to success in the CSA. Everyone's going to self rate their their competency in each one of those and then we're going to try to create breakthroughs for how to get better in any one of those seven categories at the event and the speakers are geared towards those categories mm -hmm. and improving yourself in this path towards success uh that's one component is that it's live mm -hmm. we're gonna it's small there's not a lot of tickets available uh so we're gonna be very interactive we're gonna party um, and then there's a virtual component too. So we're also doing our virtual event at the same time. So all of those, all of those presentations that are live, if you, if you do the virtual path, you get those plus a whole bevy of other presentations, uh, concerning breakthroughs so that people can interact either way. Cause there are some people that aren't ready to travel yet. And you know what, with, I mean, the, the ticket prices are great right now for flights and all. So something's changing as far as gas prices and fuel and economy and all that. But some people still aren't ready to travel. Uh, there's the inflation that is sort of preventing them from wanting to travel in those situations. So it's very important that we have virtual options still available. Mm -hmm. But the people who want to go live, it's there and we're ready. Um, and, we, uh, you know, all the details are at the forwardthinkingchiro.com website. Yep. So there are way too many details. That's, pro that's probably one of the hardest part about being an event planner is like mm -hmm. you can get way into the weeds of having details. We just have a lot of stuff that's planned that's fun. Expo party, New Orleans. There's a scavenger hunt sponsored by the Chiropractic Success Academy on Sunday morning through the French Quarter before you fly out. And in that scavenger hunt, as you score points, you start to earn clinical pearls, business pearls, and prizes from the CSA and from other sponsors. So you're actually learning and playing at the same time. That's cool. Yeah, and I think I've noticed at least... I think you put it in the South, which is good. You put it in New Orleans, which uh, South's is always good. Yeah. The, the <laughs> South, uh, they're getting out. Like you, you'll get a lot of people from the South. They're not afraid to travel around right now. <laughs> and then New Orleans is great. You have a fun time. And then ultimately you brought some really good speakers. Who are a few of the ones that are going to be uh, sharing their wisdom? Jay Greenstein is a beast. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of my now goals that, for people to understand that whenever that young man speaks, mm -hmm. you have to listen to what he's saying because he is like at the tip of the spear of all these things that we talk about, yeah. how to develop an amazing team, how to be a fantastic leader. Um, I know a lot of our folks in the FTCA, they want the clinical content because that's a content that they can own. Yeah. You know, they can be really good clinicians. So easy to, it's not easy. It's so right in your face thing that you can focus on and own is the clinical stuff. I'm just saying that you can turbocharge that 
with the other skills available to you. Mm-hmm. Like if you learn how to be a good leader and manage a team really well, your clinical skills can multiply uh, tremendously and you can serve a tremendous amount of people mm-hmm. than just your own two hands. But if you were a great leader of a team of 20, you've just multiplied your hands by 40. Mm-hmm. You've multiplied your impact in the world. Yeah. And I think, you know, we were talking about this past weekend being in person, um, whether I was talking with Mark King with MPI and Jay was there, uh, I'll, you know, people need to be getting out and need to be getting some clinical, getting some information, getting connecting with other people and, and doing that. And so these events that are now starting to come out again, you just really got to get out of your shell, in my opinion. And, and we're not shortchanging the clinical part too. We have both yep. of the, I call them the Cairo up boys. Yep. Brandon Steele and Tim Bertelsman are going to be discussing evidence-based care, past, present, and future. Mm-hmm. So they're both going at it at once. Yep. I'm going to team up with a young doctor, Dr. Justin Rabinowitz. He's mm-hmm. going to give a presentation about business. We're, t- we're calling it stop being a starving artist. Mm-hmm. Stop suffering for your craft and start charging what you're worth. Uh, and we're gonna, he's going to give the presentation at the end of his, each one of his little pieces. I'm going to give specific action steps for what to do to start stepping up on the business side of things. Mm-hmm. So specific things for people to go away with. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mai Tai Ta, she's going to talk about imposter syndrome. And that shows up in things we just talked about, like care recommendations. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't feel like people are going to respect your care recommendations. Yeah. It shows up in trying to negotiate contracts. I'm not worth asking my employer for more i'm not worth planning like i don't trust myself to deliver that deliver in that equation and actually do what it takes to earn a hundred thousand dollars i don't know i don't have what it takes to be a leader in my community or go to the chamber of commerce or i'm an introvert i'm not an extrovert all these imposter syndrome type topics she's going to show you how to overcome those because she's done it as well um and uh i think if i'm thinking properly that's it for our presentations we did have a keynote speaker but we're mm-hmm. ixing the keynote and going right into a huge q a panel and with all the present presenters mm-hmm. and people can just start hammering with questions about what they need before they leave mm-hmm. for the weekend what they need for their next step as they go home that's exciting man that'll be that'll be a good time and so i'll make sure i put all the information in the show notes so that we have that um you and i we we talk a lot because of csa we've been doing a lot of exciting things with that. So it's exciting that CSA has got a role in the FTC event in New Orleans. I'm definitely pumped about that. We've rolled out some new things with the dashboard. We've got the playbooks coming. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see how, cause you know, you shared with me what you're going to share in New Orleans. I'm excited to see how that goes and what the feedback is on that, because that looked really cool when we were going over that. Yeah, if you're listening and you want to go, the, there are no early bird sales or no sales at the moment. Uh, we only have offers for FTCA active members who are members of the website. But if you're listening to this and you want like a little 20% off, use the code BIGEASY and register for the virtual or the live event. Either or, we'd love to have you at either. Um, so keep that a secret, though. Don't spread that to all your friends mm-hmm. and then have all your friends show up and party in New Orleans. Uh, speaking of partying, so the the expo, the first day, the first night when we all arrive, we're doing a reception at Cafe Reconcile, which is a, it's an organization that helps at-risk youth mm-hmm. in the New Orleans community by teaching them skills like hospitality skills, restaurant mm-hmm. service. So we're, we, we wanted to have a, we didn't want to just show up somewhere, drink a bunch of hurricanes and then bail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and eat all their food. We wanted to do something positive for the community. And uh, New Orleans is definitely one of the communities. Uh, there are a lot of communities in America that need, young people need positive things to happen. They need services like this. They need nonprofits like this to, to help them along. And uh, so we're going to have that there. Apparently, they have amazing food. They, and, they have a, amazing food. And Cafe Reconcile is uh, definitely supposed to deliver on that aspect. So we're doing, we're having fun and we're doing it for a good cause too. So you can feel Perfect. good about that. Right, what um, else? The CSA playbooks, like the CSA itself, I just don't think people understand how, I and mean, we are part, we are biased, right? Yeah. Because it's our baby. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people understand, maybe because we are putting so much into it, it's not simple. Yeah. They don't understand how amazing chiropractic success academy is for just like 99 Mm -hmm. bucks a month 
like, you know, people pay for coaching Mm -hmm. and we try to democratize that process. Like you can do this. You're, you are not an infant. You can succeed. Mm -hmm. You just need some of the tools. Let's give you the direction Mm -hmm. and you don't have to pay someone thousands of dollars a month or whatever. We have a whole community that's set up for you and it's all laid out. And the, these playbooks that you learn from strategic coach, they're genius because you've got to have some sort of path. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because obviously we had the success path, which is when you enter in there, the seven modules, great lessons that get you going. And, you know, it's hard to believe, Bobby, but this is July of 2022. So four years ago in July, we actually started CSA yeah. and, and we're still growing. And we put a lot of lessons in there, you know, two or three or four in a month. So there's, there's four channels and a lot of those lessons have, uh, have accumulated, but uh, I was talking to a chiropractor today, actually. And he said, you know, I was a member of CSA a few years ago and I'm a member again now. And it's amazing what you guys have done with it because he, he was talking about the success path and then the, the digital dashboard where we've got all the marketing planners and event calendars and right. the practice analytics and, and all those stuff. And that's why I said, I was like, yeah, Bobby and I realized a couple of years ago, we needed this to be a utility in a certain sense, not just a academy of lessons. Right. And so that was like the next iteration was, was adding the dashboard, which was great. And then we realized, okay, we've got all these lessons. Everybody keeps on talking about systems in their practice and no one knows what the hell a system is, right? It's just like, oh, I need systems. Okay. Well, what's that word, right? Yeah. I need system. (laughs) And so um, I was reading this book on, on playbooks and I was like, you know what? So we were chatting about it. It was like, okay, the play, I can't, we can't do a front desk playbook and, and that be congruent to every practice. Right. But what we can do is put together a playbook of what a really good front desk would be tied into some of our lessons, tied into some of the dashboard tools, tied into the other resources that give you a really clear playbook to, to easily develop your own within that guidelines and obviously package it the way it looked branded to your practice and, and all that. And so, um, now not only do we take all these lessons and we have the success path, which carves out for you. Now we have these playbooks coming in that take all this information in the Academy and, and make it a, a nice packageable system for your practice. And, and we're working through that. So uh, I know I'm excited about it and it'll make CSA even more of a utility that someone can really plug into their practice essentially. I, I look at it this way. So in the fitness world, you can we'll probably end somewhere around this. In the fitness world, you can either just have a gym membership. Mm-hmm. You can go to group training, a class, or you can have private one-on-one training. And we all know the price differences for each. If you just have a gym membership, it's a couple bucks a month. You're responsible for going in there and figuring out whatever works for you. You might be doing it right or wrong and you don't know. Uh, Group membership, there's a little bit of guidance. Uh, Other people are doing things like you and you can start to model your behavior after them. And in that group, they can support you, but you're still kind of on your own for your results. You just go with with the group. And everyone sort of gets results together. And then one-on-one, much more expensive, Mm -hmm. uh, much more prying into your personal life. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you look at the research between group fitness and one-on-one fitness, group fitness tends to have better results than the one-on-one because eventually the the coach knows that you're not going to do what they need you to do to get successful. You're not going to do what you know you need to do to get successful. Everyone just starts to ignore each other and they just pay the money to feel good about themselves. <laughs> and then the coach stops counting reps and you have bad form with your push-ups, and they don't even look anymore and all that stuff. The CSA is group training. Mm-hmm. You can, yes, if you want a gym membership, like you can YouTube stuff, you can go to the FTCA's free Facebook group and you can ask questions. You can go to modern chiropractic marketing and you can ask questions. You can gather information, good or bad and go with it and you can get somewhere. And if you're good at that, that's what you should do and you'll be fine. The group training, there's a lot of success there. There's other people who are going through this process with you. They can discuss their victories and their failures. There is a plan. So these playbooks are sort of like CrossFit workouts, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the ones that have specific names, Julia and Thomas and Murph and all those other things. Like the playbooks are a specific workout for you to run through Mm -hmm. is how I look at it. 
and then we have group exercises so everyone can succeed as a group and that way we can bring the price down like i said mm-hmm. 99 a month we've never raised that price no. in four years let's have that discussion later inflation <laughs> inflation inflation <laughs> and then but it's not the individual training which mm-hmm. most people have related to coaching in chiropractic which is like i need a coach that coach is sort of like a guru and i do whatever they say i need to do because i have to mm-hmm. adhere myself to their system yep. um so that's how i look at it I don't know if anyone else agrees, but that's the way I have it envisioned. No, it is. And the Facebook group is actually really good. You know, a lot of people ask a little more pointed questions, get a little more direct help uh, sometimes and doesn't get necessarily lost in the shuffle. So no, it's, it's been fun and exciting. That's at csacircle.com. You can check out a freshly designed John Morrison website and uh, check out some of the info there. So there's a free course there too. So there is get a little sample of what we talk about there is a free course there easy so how's to find. that for an infomercial that did was we good do, we did the 80 percent qvc yeah and then a little bit of 20 no 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 wait 80 percent pbs yes in the front end and then we did a little bit of 20 percent qvc at the back end absolutely <laughs> that's, a, that's a podcast sandwich for you there so. i learned that from you all right definitely well thanks again for your time this was great yes sir i always uh i consider you a friend everyone should hope to have you as a friend in their lives i agree so. appreciate it so it's, you know it's been fun I, one more quick story you know we started our partnership without ever even meeting in person first right and i remember um we were in vegas one year and i had dinner at your your family's and um i think it was your father-in-law was like so you yeah. guys you guys started the business together and you hadn't met in person and we're we're like, yeah. And, and that, that was hard for him to grasp. <laughs> and, you know, after four years, I, you know, consider you a friend as well. And we've uh, gotten along great and we've grown together. So it's been fun. Yeah. Well, my father-in-law is awesome. He's great. He's an engineer. He's a genius. He went to Princeton and Cornell, uh, <laughs> but he's never owned his own business. So fuck him. He doesn't know what's up. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll end it on that. That is it for this week's episode. But before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, There's a free online course on the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, so check that out. We have all kinds of resources for you there. And we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough and we'll see you next week.